Today's Leading Women episode 257 with the wonderful Laura Ko. Women all over the world, get ready for inspiring and empowering interviews from women at the top of their field who are kicking butt in their business and who are prepared to share shocking revelations from being in the limelight. You are now listening to Today's Leading Women with Marie Grace Berg. Have a WordPress site or thinking of getting one? Bluehost offers unlimited hosting starting at $4.95 per month. Got your WordPress site hosted somewhere? No worries. Bluehost can help you transfer those domains fast and seamlessly easy. Join me and millions of others who trust Bluehost as our main hosting provider. Sign up today at todaysleadingwomen.com forward slash Bluehost. That's www.todaysleadingwomen.com forward slash Bluehost. Yes, women of the world, let's get started. I am delighted to introduce you our amazing guest for today, Laura Ko. Laura Ko is an entrepreneur author and coach working to bring emotional fitness to our daily lives through practical techniques steeped in ancient wisdom. Laura co-founded Litholink Corporation, a healthcare company serving over 350,000 patients per month nationally. When Litholink sold to a Fortune 500 company, she left corporate America to pursue a lifelong passions. Now she devotes her energy toward writing and coaching, helping others implement spiritual teachings in their everyday lives. Her first book, Emotional Obesity, is scheduled for release in the fall. So women of the world, Miss Laura Ko, welcome to the show. Thank you. It's a pleasure to be here. We are delighted to have you on the show, and I'm sure our listeners are excited as well. Now, Laura, I really like what you're doing with your business. You are a success in your own right. You put in the effort, the sweat equity, the knowledge, and the experience to build a special business you call your own. As a result of that, our listeners really want to get to know you, and I want to provide that conduit, you know, that bridge between you and our listeners. So here are some cool questions that we can talk about. Feel free to comment and time about them, but these are just general questions I have in mind. So let's start with the business you built. You know, there might be people out there who want to start one and have no clue how to go about it. Can you tell us more about your business and the idea behind that niche? Absolutely. Um, in 1995, we created a healthcare company um, in mind with the idea of creating programs for people with chronic illnesses. Um, at the core of the business, we were a laboratory, but we were actually an information technology business, which in the 90s pre-internet was quite a challenging thing to do. Um, but we databased our patient information. We fed back results to doctors in a unique way that allowed them to guide treatment for their patients um, it, uh, based on the best standards in medicine. The idea behind the company was our father was the uh, best in the world at uh, treating kidney stone prevention. He, in his lifetime, was able to figure out how to prevent kidney stones from reoccurring. Um, he did what doctors are supposed to do, wrote hundreds of articles, wrote books, and traveled around the world, but was unable to change the way that people practice medicine. So we started the company with bringing the standard of care of medicine out to doctors nationally. So that was uh, the basic business model. 
Yes, and I, wow, I love what I hearing about your business uh, early on and how it evolved and uh, came into existence. And I love the niche that you've carved out then. Now, what was that defining moment back then that prompted you to start a business and made you say, this is my business? Yeah, I think, um, you know, this is one of the funny things about entrepreneurship. Sometimes it's very intentional and people have business plans and, um, you know, they shop it out to venture capitalists. Um, I was 24 at the time. My brother was 26 and my father was a physician. We um, were trying our best to figure it out along the way. Um, So I don't know that I was as intentional as maybe some other people. Um, I was trying to help the family and uh, get the business off the ground. It ended up being a great opportunity to um, have financial freedom, uh, run my own company, be my own boss, and I ended up, you know, absolutely loving being an entrepreneur. Um, but the defining moment to start the actual company was a little bit more of a fluid process. Right. And now that you pivot for for coaching and from from that business to coaching and writing, what was that uh, reason? What was that main driving force for you to switch on this? Yeah. After being in healthcare business for a long time, I. Um, A, wanted to figure out a way to um, help other people in their uh, blocks to get started in various things in their life. And I don't just work with entrepreneurs, although um, that is a big segment of my population, but I work with anybody who's a little stuck in getting going because I think the real thing about starting a business or getting started in any high-risk endeavor Um, as an author right now, it's another one, (laughs) is um, really getting through the emotional blocks that keep you from pursuing your dreams. So that's really what I coach around and my book is organized around. Wow, I love that you've shared that one because that is one area that I'm sure a lot of uh, us can relate to uh, to with, the emotional blocks, getting rid of those emotional blocks that hinder us from moving forward. Now, what was that uh, compelling vision that you have for your business and for what it is that you're doing right now that continues to drive you towards success day in and day out? Yeah, I mean, having a a vision is absolutely critical. Um, I meet with entrepreneurs all the time who don't have an absolute clear vision. They're running around with tons and tons of task lists and um, feeling very burnt out. Um, our vision was being best in our field. Um, I know that sounds a bit over the top, but my father was best of, and really there was no option for us other than uh, taking what he had done in his life and bring it out at that quality. So the vision was to change the way uh, doctors uh, treat their patients using um, best of um, available in our industry. And we did, in fact, end up being the gold standard for um, this uh, segment of the business environment. Um, Currently, my vision is to um, really get people to think about emotional fitness and what it takes to stay in emotional shape as much as they think about what it takes to stay in physical shape. Again, because the emotional stuff, I think, gets in our way just as much as um, not, you know, taking care of our bodies. Wow, I love that vision, those visions that you had, that you shared, uh, you know, changing the way the doctors do their practice back then to set the standard. And now you're focusing on getting people to think about the emotional fitness as much as 
their physical fitness. What a compelling vision that one is. And for our listeners out there, the takeaway here is to for you to create the vision for yourself and for your business that inspires you on a daily basis. You know, that vision that will guide you or that will give you direction. So it's really important early on to create the vision and write it down because this will help you as you go along, as you build this business that you are passionate about. Right. Absolutely. I want to just say that, um, again, without that vision, it's kind of the touch point. If you don't have it, uh, you start to flail around and you don't really know what you're doing with your days. And work starts to feel more like dread than than the excitement and enthusiasm that I think people want. So take the time. Um, it's not a waste of energy. It's not uh, wasting time. It is so important to give yourself the opportunity to articulate your vision um, and find the thing that excites you to wake you up every morning to work so hard at. Yes, well said. That's really important. It's really important to to hone that to get that one down. And I echo what you've said. So thank you for share for uh, re- remind that for our listeners because how important it is to have the vision. All right, now let's talk about how you prepared for success that turned this vision into a reality. Can you share our listeners what are some of your personality traits or your top three personal qualities that help you become a successful entrepreneur that our listeners can learn from? Yeah, I think that um, it's really important to be an independent thinker because if you can't Step out on your own. And again, going back to the last question, create that vision. Um, Often entrepreneurs are going in a different direction, creating something new, creating something inspired. And it's not necessarily the path that's already uh, been walked by others. So you have to be willing to trust that inner voice, um, be an independent thinker and, you know, create um, the model. Um, and on a day-to-day basis, you have to be an independent thinker because you don't have a boss. Uh, you have to be able to organize your own work and the work of other people. Um, that said, you know, you really need a lot of flexibility. Um, we set the goals and we set the visions, but the market tells you a lot. And as you step into the business world, um, the market, you know, if you're paying attention and you're flexible, will give you so much feedback. So, you know, don't get too married to your thoughts. Don't, you know, it's important to have the vision, but it's also important to have the flexibility. As much as that's a contradiction, it's about finding that balance. Um, and then really being self-directed, uh, willing to do any job. I mean, literally anything. Um, you know, I was everything from the administrator to the customer service department to the billing. I um I will take on anything and do anything. Um, as an entrepreneur, you can't say this isn't my job. This isn't the thing I want to work on. Um, it all is for you to deal with. So um, wearing many hats is, is really important. Yeah, so that's being an independent thinker, being flexible, being self-directed. I mean, wearing many hats because as a solopreneur, if you, especially if you are a solopreneur, you are going to be doing a lot of tests that involves everything that you that can push you beyond your comfort zone as much. So the good thing with these traits that Laura just shared with us, we can all cultivate and adapt them in our lives and in our business building activities. So that's being an independent thinker, being flexible, and being self-directed. Great uh, traits that we can all uh, learn from. 
All right, now let's talk about what happened when you started your journey as entrepreneur. You know, as entrepreneurs, we face daily challenges that define our being. And to get through those challenges takes a very special person. And our audience wants to know that special person in here. So what have been your biggest challenges and how have you addressed or overcame those barriers to success that a lot of women entrepreneurs face today? Yeah, um, there's so many of them, uh, again, because you're stepping into the unknown. But if I were to try to isolate a couple of the, the largest challenges, um, one is juggling everything. Uh, like you said, you have so many hats on and then you may go home as a woman to a family, a relationship, friends, dinner parties, wanting to take care of your house. Um, so learning how to really uh, uh, manage all the competing needs. Um I got very serious about project management. Um, I got very serious about how to uh, take control of my time, um, implemented a lot of systems around uh, how I schedule myself and others. Um, for example, I won't take a meeting at 10 a.m. Um, if I have free time from the minute I walk in until lunch because that'll uh, break up my entire morning. So small things like that. Although they don't seem like much, they build up over time and can be tremendously impactful uh, when you're trying to juggle so many competing uh, needs as an entrepreneur. Um, the other thing, you know, the challenge is, is the fear. Um, you know, you're stepping out into an area, you, uh, you know, it's much safer to get a job and, and a paycheck and um, uh, to have, follow direction from somebody else. So I believe that... Um, continually checking in about the fear that you face that whether this will succeed or fail and sticking to it and making that commitment to yourself and not giving up um, were two of the, the largest things that we really faced. Wow, the, those, these challenges that you've shared, I'm sure a lot of us can uh, relate to them because I, to I, I totally can. And, uh, you know, juggling every, uh, many things. And I mean, we have to do a lot of things that requires us business and our family, you know, it's a, lot, it's a challenge. And also overcoming the fear, you know, you know, leaving the security of a paycheck, for example, or a job and versus taking risk. This is, I'm sure, a lot of entrepreneurs, a lot of our listeners can relate to. And the good thing is that when we are sharing each, with each other, we learn from how we're able to overcome these challenges. And the main thing to remember is that we th these challenges are part of being in business and that we should not be, you should not let them deter us from moving forward, but to find the resources to overcome them. So these challenges that Laura just shared with us, uh, let's learn from each other and let's learn on how she was able to overcome them. All right, uh, let's switch gears for a little bit and talk about work-life balance, which you mentioned a little bit. Now, because being a business owner like myself, maintaining this work-life balance is so crucial to overall success in life. But the challenge with entrepreneurs is how to click on and click off and create that work-life balance, particularly if you have a family juggling many roles. So in your life as an entrepreneur, how do you maintain this work-life balance and what are some of the ways that you accomplish this in the areas of your health, your family, your relationships, and your business? Yeah. I mean, I, great question. Again, I, I did a terrible job at first. Um, I was in business with my, my 
brother and my father. So there was absolutely no boundaries around my work and my life. Uh, Christmas was spent, um, Thanksgiving was spent always talking about the business. My phone would ring at any hour with my brother wanting to review something, you know, for the 20th time that day. So at first I, I did a terrible job. Um, eventually after sort of going down the road, which I think a lot of entrepreneurs uh, will go through where you're working so many hours that you lose all work-life uh, balance, um, I started to get a little more serious and I, I mentioned it before, but um, I put some rules around my life. Uh, <laughs> I would talk about business on the commute home or the commute in, but I, when I walked in my door, uh, it became sacred space. Um, it had to stop. I told my family to stop calling in the evenings. Um, I would be very disciplined at work uh, so that I could enjoy my personal life. Um, maybe didn't have very many breaks during the day. My lunch was very short. Um, I tried to be really effective so that I could um, enjoy some downtime, which was very much needed. Um, as I was able to earn a little more money, I actually got a personal trainer. Uh, it's a, it, it costs a lot, but the reality is I wasn't taking the time to schedule workouts, um, but somebody showing up and creating that accountability for me was absolutely critical. Um, so I, you know, found these different systems to uh, take care of myself. I think this underestimation of our need to take care of ourselves and that somehow those extra 10 hours will yield a result is one of the biggest mistakes you can make as an entrepreneur. Um, getting the sleep I needed, getting the exercises I needed, getting the personal space actually fueled so much more work. Um, when I would come back, I was refreshed. I was ready. I had insights. I was more productive. So uh, definitely take time to schedule yourself. Wow. Great tips there for this in, in this uh, this uh, work-life balance that we all are challenged with. And sometimes, especially for us entrepreneurs, we've, yeah, I often say that work-life balance is a myth because for us entrepreneurs, we are so driven and passionate about what we're doing that work is no longer work for us. But like what you've said, it's really important to set boundaries, set rules. Um, like for example, with Laura, I mean, at home, no, no business talks. No, when, when she's at home, there's, they set rules and boundaries not to talk about business at home. And then the second one is to implement systems. It's really huge, uh, especially starting out to really create those systems and processes that, um, that will allow you to, to, to free up your, some of your time and uh, for those repetitive uh, things that can, uh, can be done by creating the systems and process that others can follow. And uh, I really like that you really hone on getting a personal trainer to for your physical and, and, and health uh, aspect of your life, you know, because I'm really big fan of getting somebody be, to be accountable for and having that personal trainer that to schedule a workout to go out for your workouts is I truly believe that when we are taking care of ourselves it's not only for our physical and mental well-being but it will also be a ref, um, will help us in being more being more productive and uh, and yeah. having the energy to do our our job as, as a business owner so you know the foundations which are exercise sleep and having your downtime your personal space really important as a business owner so make time for those especially if, uh, in taking care of yourself and making time for your family so great tips there so thank you for sharing those absolutely 
All right, let's talk about one of the highlights of our show, and that's your advice for other entrepreneurs and those aspiring to be. You obviously got some lessons learned under your belt of experience, so take it back to the past. Say you're going to start all over again as an entrepreneur, and you are in a class with other entrepreneurs who are hungry and thirsty for success or even for making that first buck. What types of special suggestions or advice and lessons that you learn would you give your fellow entrepreneurs knowing where you came from and where you headed at? And if you can boil them down to your top three tips or advice, what would those three be? Yeah, I've given this one a lot of thought. Um, I'm so glad you asked this question. Success is a funny thing in our culture. We tend to think of success as something that we hold our breath and we achieve once we have all of it. We have the money, we have the house, we have the Labrador, we have the family, we have the kids. (laughs) And it's really, really far downstream. Um, I used to think it was to make money and deliver a high quality product. Um, I did create a national database and I thought success was that end result in creating this product that you can say, okay, I did it and I feel good. Um, I sold my company. We had the the moment that everybody is waiting for where that transfer of funds happens. And it's so exciting. Don't get me wrong. I mean, it was unbelievable to look in your bank account and this huge check shows up. But the reality is, is it's a very, very, very short moment. Um, so what I really recommend to people is, you know, you're in this for a long time, celebrate the wins along the way. Um, now I celebrate everything with this new endeavor. I put up a blog site. I never had a blog site. That's a celebration for me. And I don't mean cracking open champagne and having some kind of ridiculous uh, process, but I'm just happy that I got it done and I feel good about it. Um, I'm not waiting until my book is released and it's on the New York Times bestseller list, which of course is what I would like to have happen. I, I'm enjoying every single solitary step of the way as a success. Um, I tell my clients this, uh, stop, take a moment. Um, did you finish a project? Did you hire somebody amazing in? Just take a moment to, to, to congratulate yourself. Um, don't always go back to the endless list of projects that you are feeling behind on. Uh, notice what you actually get finished. So that's really how I measure success now. Um, It's not the end goal. It's not the thing that you're hoping to achieve in some long period of time, although it's great. Uh, It's it's every, every day there's something that you can find to celebrate. Success is celebrating the small wins along the way. I love that. I mean, so often we entrepreneurs, you know, we are in, we, we don't notice the small wins or we don't celebrate the small wins. We are up, we're grabbed for the, we are up for the big ones. But it's really important, especially if you have a team, uh, to celebrate the small wins and uh, celebrate with them. And because that will further, uh, will feed a bigger, bigger successes. And I agree with you, you know, success is really all about the intangible benefits of being in business. Because, of course, financial metrics important but at the end of the day I truly believe that success or what really makes us happy is knowing that what we're putting out there is making a difference in other people's lives so love that perspective you have now you've mentioned a lot or you've given us away a lot of tips and advice for all other entrepreneurs out there but if you could boil them down to your top three tips or advice what would those three be that would help them if they are thinking of going into entrepreneurship or if they're already in business for themselves yeah i mean specifically for women 
Um, first of all, I would say, I know it sounds so silly, but just, just do it. Um, so many people don't feel ready. They don't feel prepared. They're waiting. Um, there'll never be a good day to do it. So, you know, just as a, as a woman, I think we're a little more cautious, just do it. Um, secondly, recognize that the business community was designed by men. Um, women were not part of it when the business communities were organized. So it's a little more organized around the male mind. Um, I found one of the biggest things that I, as a woman, needed to learn how to do is to learn the system and how it works, because it's not exactly obvious to women. Um, it's a little more organized like a military where <laughs> you have the leader and you have the commanders underneath, and that's much more how the male mind work. It's not so communal, um, community-driven. Uh, so, you know, recognize that. You don't have to conform to it, but I think... Um, understanding that that's how it is set up is really helpful. You can remain feminine in business, um, but, you know, getting the structure that you've been placed into took me a while. Um, and then, you know, I, I think it's been said, but I, I feel strongly that, um, you know, as a woman, I felt bad a lot. I wanted to please other people and be nice and uh, make people feel good a lot. And I didn't want to come off as too intense. Um, you know, I needed to lead by example. I needed to be decisive. I can still do that, remain feminine as a woman, um, but I don't have to be such a pleaser. I don't have to make everybody happy all the time. So for me, for women as entrepreneurs, those would really be the biggest piece of advice I could offer. Wow, great takeaways there. So let me just summarize them again for our listeners. So the first one is to just do it. I mean, just get started. Put your idea out there, get feedback along the way, and then iterate. It's really important to really get started and get, and get moving. And then the yeah. second one is to recognize or understand that the systems or the structure, is, uh, which you have mentioned, is really uh, the business is, uh, building a business is really a male-dominated uh, uh, community. It's not really, uh, like what you said, not really how into like, the feminine, the, but it's all about, uh, it's geared toward the masculine side, um, having the, like what you said, the structure of having the leader and then from then the bottom. But the thing is, it's not really, I mean, of course, it's really important to understand it, but what we don't have to sacrifice our femininity or applying our feminine side in building a business because that's really important to, to, to express that one as well. And the third one you said is not, to, uh, that we don't have to please everybody. I mean, this is really important, um, especially in business, especially for us women. You know, we we can we can express ourselves, we can express our feminine side, and not not just conform or not because we wanted to please everybody. Wow, great tips there that we can all take action on today. So thank you for sharing those. Now, what's one favorite business resource or a tool that you use in your business that's radically changing the way you do business and that which you can share our listeners with? Yeah, um, it's funny when you ask for one, you know, to me, all of the resources out there are really dependent on what your goals are. Um, you know, so many people, should I have Twitter? Should I have Facebook? Should I, uh, you know, have a blog site? Should I... Um, you know, the list is endless project management software. It all really depends on, on what your goals are. If you have multiple employees with many, many different products, I mean, project management software is critical. Um, if you're, uh, 
really trying to do a social media play, then, you know, WordPress and MailChimp are fantastic to get blog sites up. So I don't know that I have a favorite business resource tool or app. I just really um, feel as an entrepreneur, it's so important to go out and just think of those as, uh, as, as things I put in my tool belt um, as appropriate. Yes, and then there's a lot of tools and resources resources out there that we can tap into. Uh, like what you've said, it's really important to what is that you need or now what is it that applies into your business, and then uh, and then choose those that are applicable to you. And yes, one of the ones is having a project management tool or software because it's really important, especially if you have a team or if you are managing a a team. So that's really important to think about that. All right, uh, last but not the least, I'd love for you to talk more about your coming book, The Emotional Obesity. Can you share our listeners what's one big benefit that they can get with your product and, and your book that is coming and where they can get it and what's the best way that they can connect with you and then we'll end from there. Great. Um, yeah, so I've, uh, I've started a new book. It's called Emotional Obesity and it's about this idea that as a culture, we spend a lot of time on our physical fitness, our physical health. Uh, we wouldn't dream of leaving the house without brushing our teeth, combing our hair, but we often don't tend to our emotional lives with the same rigor. Um, so the book is my own journey of uh, <laughs> avoiding those parts and getting really stuck after I left the business, trying to figure out what to do next um, and how to remove those emotional blocks um, to find a life that really uh, mirrors my dreams. Um, so I am coaching now based on those principles, working with people who are really high success, uh, um, highly effective people wanting to get the most out of their lives, maybe hitting some roadblocks, uh, some emotional blocks that are keeping them from moving forward. Sometimes it's just really practical advice, um, but often there is a combination. Um, so if you'd like to get any more information on that, you can visit my website at lauraco.com or emotionalobesity.com and sign up for my newsletter and I'll give you updates about my up and coming book. All right, so that's lauraco.coe.com or emotionalobesity.com. And for our listeners out there, I highly encourage you to check her website, uh, sign up for her newsletter so you can be you could be updated when she puts uh, uh, content out there and especially when her book uh, comes out in the fall. So again, that link is lauracoe.com or emotionalobesity.com dot com. By the way, all of these resources and the links that are mentioned in today's podcast will be made available in a beautiful infographic show notes at today's leadingwomen.com forward slash Laura Co or just type in her name on the search bar and it will find it for you. Again, those links are Laura Co C O E dot com and emotionalobesity.com. Laura, thank you so much for being so generous in sharing your time and your inspiring story, your expertise for being a role model to many and for bringing such a positive energy with our listeners today. Women of the world, including me, appreciate you and wish you more success in business and in your life. Thank you very much, Maria, for having me. It's a great honor to speak to other women in entrepreneurship, and I wish your listeners the best of luck in their journey. 
Alright, TLW listeners, did you love this episode? Here's your chance to recommend or vote for your favorite today's leading woman. Here's how to do it. Step number one. After you listen to this episode, go to todaysleadingwomen.com forward slash my iTunes. Step number two. Click the rate and review button. Step number three. Say that you love listening to today's Leading Women podcast. Step number four, type in the name of your favorite today's leading woman. Example, Sheryl Sandberg of Facebook, Ariana Huffington of Huffington Post, Oprah of Oprah Winfrey Network. You get it, right? Step number five, type your first name and where you are listening from. Every day, I will personally go through all of your ratings and reviews and scour the names of your favorite today's leading women. You will get to be featured as TLW fan of the day with your name and where you're listening from. And you'll be the first one to get notified when your favorite today's leading woman is featured on the show. Fair enough? Awesome. Go to todaysleadingwomen.com forward slash my iTunes. That's www.todaysleadingwomen.com forward slash my iTunes. Feeling inspired and empowered to make it happen? Then take the next step and go get your free guide to the top 10 resources that today's leading women use to stay at the top of their game, plus Marie's favorite today. Visit todaysleadingwomen.com slash guide for your free download, and we'll see you on the next episode of Today's Leading Women with Marie Grace Berg.